Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to doom scroll, my man. All right. Uh, plenty to talk about. Obviously, it being Monday, we got a couple days of news to catch up on. For sure. I mean, M- Mississippi's gone i don't know if how it's much gone? The, the footage you've seen but oh good lo- looks like it's gone <laughs> good well i don't know if that's nice to say because they actually are experiencing well, like lane kiffin and old miss i was I gonna guess, say there's got to yeah. be some people there that you like or some people that you would like if you took a chance to yeah. get to know them i understand the thought that i'm many just saying in, general, have. in sure. general but i'm sure that a lot of other states think that about where i live well including kansas? you sure, I'm yeah, guessing, so, yeah. okay i understand if people are like just draw an airstrike into kansas i'd be like well first go to missouri but <laughs> okay i get it i'm collateral damage on you know for the better good uh news anchor white news anchor gets I fired understand. for saying something that she didn't know was offensive have you guys seen this clip no i follow that sub what is it called uh, bye bye job mm-hmm. where just you know different mm-hmm. th- clips people in the news doing something and apologizing god Last week, I saw the sports guy who said something on air. And every time I see that stuff, I think because we've done this job for so long, you just think of that moment when you're starting to say it and then you're starting to think, should I say this? And there's no taking it back because you're live. There's no dump button. There's no nothing. No one got the bleeping. Like, oh, is that going to land? Like what Laszlo just said, right? Will that come back to get him in trouble? Probably not. Based on the things that we've said over the years, I would think not. Now, if he were a local news anchor or a sports guy on a local TV, yeah, yeah and said, yeah. someone said, Mississippi's basically gone. He went, good. I'm yeah. just kidding. That would probably get you fired. Well, so, I mean, you have to set precedent. Exactly. And I don't know. So I think if somebody took said. that clip and sent it to someone and said, he should get in trouble, I think people who have been in charge of me for years be right. like, that's it? That's not the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Not the one. That's Earlier not the today, one. he said a man had his own so we're going to go ahead. three times We're going to go ahead and get him in trouble for that. Not the Mississippi thing. That doesn't seem right. The Church of Lasbo. It's time to doom scroll with Slim Fast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Herpes infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. All right. We're doom scrolling, my man. Let's do it. Well, there's been uh, some really bad storms over the weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, President Biden declared a state of emergency. Mississippi had a bunch of tornadoes, all pretty close together, a lot of destruction. I made the comment earlier, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it just said Mississippi is gone. In the images that you do see, though, it looks, well, I mean, we've seen it before when, um, was it Joplin, right, when that tornado sure. happened? I guess that's been probably 10 years or so, but... You know, just complete and total destruction, and and these images that you see, everything is gone. And that, of course, you know, I guess this isn't a huge surprise, but it's one of the poorest areas in the country. So now they got to do, you know, try and and clean all the stuff up and rebuild everything. And it's 
probably the toughest area to do it, they said, just because there's no money in this community. This morning, amid piles of destruction and desperation, a growing sense of shock in central Mississippi. I know we can rebuild, but what you do with the devastation? What you do with homie? The violent weekend of weather included at least 12 destructive tornadoes ripping through the south in states like Alabama and Georgia. For Mississippi, it's the deadliest tornado outbreak in 50 years, killing dozens, including a young father of three children and his daughter, who was barely two years old. God, it says that last update here I see from Fox News from two hours ago, they say at least 25 people were killed. Oh. That number keeps going up each time I see it, but right now it's at least 25. I don't know what you do. I, someone reposted that old video from... Six or seven years ago on Reddit yesterday, Snoke, and I don't know if you saw it, but it made it back to the front page. Remember that video from, I don't think it was Illinois. I actually don't remember which state it was, but that guy filmed the tornado coming to his house. Oh, you could see yeah, 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 He yeah. just films it out the window, and it just gets closer and closer and closer until finally it hits. And you're thinking, why were you filming this? Why didn't you go down? And I, I went back and read the article because I couldn't remember all the details, but it sounded like he survived. His wife was right below him. She was actually in the basement or whatever. She was trying to be somewhere safe. He thought the tornado was going to miss them. He'd gone up to grab some lanterns lanterns, and seize the tornado, sticks his camera out there, and he's like, I think this is going to miss us. I'm going to videotape okay. it. And that tornado, if you've never seen that video, it's just crazy because once that tornado hits the house, it's just the screen goes black and you hear this horrible sound, and he ends up getting buried under a pile of, of debris and the chimney and everything else. And I think if I looked out my window and saw a tornado that big coming, what would I do? Would I go down to the basement or do you get in your car and try and outrun it? That seems to be a debate that people have online. If you've got a basement, obviously that's where you're supposed to go. But if you see it and it looks like it's headed directly for you, do you get in your car and try uh, to outrun how it? How far away is it? So let's say that when you see it coming towards you, it's a mile or two away. Yeah, you get in your car and try to go. I you know, like to do too. People are saying that you're not supposed to do that, I guess, because you could run into an issue. There could be more storms. You could be blocked. I mean, I, I kind of know where I live. If there was a lot of traffic out, and I thought people were trying to evacuate, then maybe it would be a bad idea. I don't want to get stuck on the road. Right. I feel like in most situations, most places, you, you could. that's probably not going to become the issue. The issue is going to be, can you drive away from it in time? Are you going to be able to get away right. from it? I watched that, you know. I know how fast my video. car goes. Yeah. I know I how like fast those go. Right. But, it's, but, you know, it's more than a mile out there. I guess my fear be I'm judging this wrong. Yeah, it's right. Closer it looks than like I think. yeah, yeah. And and by the time you get in the car and start to back out, next thing you know, the cars, the rear of the car, starting to lift up off the ground right. or whatever. And I mean, you've got kids. So if the kids are home, you want to do whatever. I guess they say the best thing is to do. And if they say the best thing is to go to the basement, you go to the yeah. basement. But so many of these times, whether it's hurricanes or tornadoes, a lot of these people don't have basements. And a lot of them live in trailers, right? Well, in the south, they don't have basements. It's not a popular right. thing, right? And I know, like in a lot of areas, they they. It's just not uh, plausible or at least right, economical live, to right. build basements because of the soil and the whatever. And like in Florida, it's you know swampland. Yeah. So a lot of people don't have basements. So if you don't have a basement at that point, they tell you you're supposed to go into the bathroom. And I think the last I heard, the advice they still give you is to get in the tub. Oh, yeah. But I got to admit, you know, growing up in Tornado Alley or whatever, we had tornado warnings a lot as a kid. They used to scare me as a kid. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, man, these warnings – Happen all the time, and then there's a, a bunch of noise and a lot of rain, and I they talk about tornado hitting something. I'm not scared I, of weather, to be honest with you. Like, no part of weather scares me. I was when I was little. Hurricanes, I don't know, maybe just because I've been through them. I went through two hurricanes. I lived in Michigan. There's tornado warnings all the goddamn time. Right. 
I mean, look, we had tornado warnings all the time, too. That's why, as a little kid, I got over it. I like, never really went in the basement. My dad never constant. woke us up. I, the only time I remember What's going the basement I mean, it's bad luck. It's bad luck that that thing's going to actually start somewhere and hit your house. That's just it. You start to realize that as you get older. Even if this well, thing is terrible game. and does a ton of destruction, what are the odds it goes right through my house? Right? Not good. Not good. Now, in this instance, they had dozens of tornadoes, apparently, or a couple dozen tornadoes over the weekend. So I don't know. That obviously increases your odds. But still, if I look out the window and see that tornado coming, even if I can see it because it's only a mile or two away, the chance that it comes and hits my house exactly. Also, in the basement. And earthquakes don't. Someone asked on Twitch. uh, Earthquakes. We lived in Seattle. They talk about all the goddamn time. I never thought twice about it. Yeah, I remember somebody saying one time, like, look, the, the pictures are shaking. I'm like, they they are? Right. Well, they just did. I didn't notice. And everything Same was... Same with volcanoes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't have to worry about that here. It's like uh, worrying about hurricanes. It was a little again. unsettling. I was in Portland one time, and we were out to eat at some restaurant up in the sky, and they were like, look, that volcano's smoking. Yeah. I was like, meh. Oh, it's yeah. active. But... Like, hmm. and, but not enough to be like, I should like leave. like in Pompeii area? Right, yeah. Right. yeah. No, I feel like they know. They give you some sort of warning. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like they've got that figured out. With tornadoes, they don't get a lot of warning because it just, boom, right. the storm picks up. The, a lot of times, the weather service doesn't even know that someone has spotted the tornado before a bunch of houses have just been completely wiped out. So I feel like in the basement, if I if it was bad enough that I went down to the basement, I wouldn't go in your basement. Oh, you always say that. I'm just saying, with it's all better the than being giant, in the bathroom. Well, I don't know the giant. What are they? What centipedes and porcelain dolls? I'm not. If you're like, hey, tornado's coming, we should go in the basement. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna end up with. <laughs> That's the fourth time today. Snow cone. Are you doing anything about those? Okay, good. Uh, Taylor Swift, or I guess Swifties, are, are in court today. This big lawsuit against Ticketmaster. You know they can't believe how bad Ticketmaster screwed this whole thing up with their pre-sale. They are accusing Ticketmaster of a lot of things, including jacking up ticket prices, selling uh, to scammers, and uh, uh, what are they called? Scalpers, right? Okay. And just uh, in general, not being very good uh, to fans. And so they're they're suing Ticketmaster. I guess this, you know, the outcome of this case. Well, will be big news because it could change how they do future on sales and pre sales for shows. This morning, Taylor Swift fans making it clear who they are rooting for after what they say was a disastrous experience with Ticketmaster. They say Ticketmaster intentionally misled them back in November, alleging the company engaged in fraud, price fixing, and antitrust violations. We are not going to just settle. They say Ticketmaster intentionally charged sky-high fees and sold their tickets to scalpers. It's baffling that they could have screwed it up this badly. Okay. We've sort of talked about it in the past. I know your thing is like, well, maybe it's just because we're used to it. I don't know. But they make it seem, it just, I mean, the artist knows. The artist knows. Right. They have managers and agents, and they go through those contracts. There's no way Taylor Swift's manager and agent didn't know what all the fees were going to be and what her cut of that would be. Nobody makes money on a concert as big as The Cure, which they had a major problem with Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift, without knowing. No money comes in without an agent knowing exactly where that money's going and how much it is. It doesn't happen. Right. It doesn't happen. It reminds me of the, uh, uh, oh, 30 Seconds to Mars documentary. 
where the guy was like, we got screwed by Capitol Records. I'm like, your agent and manager, two of the biggest, most powerful people in the entertainment industry. You're, they're on the documentary. Like, there's right. no way this contract came in and the guy was like, looks good to me. Yeah. Looks good to me. That just didn't happen. You knew what you were getting into. Everybody knows what they're getting into. The problem is, and I always say it's like Ticketmaster, they're more like kind of like, yeah, there are fees and they get paid. And yes, they're making billions of dollars. But they're also kind of like the NRA for the artists. In the sense that, yeah, go ahead. We'll take the heat. We'll be the bad guy. The bad guy, yeah. We'll they, be the bad guy. It's fine. Well, in this particular lawsuit, one of the things, if not the main thing, that they're suing over is they're claiming that um, Ticketmaster has illegally gotten rid of the competition, and that you know because they've merged with uh, Live Nation. Mm-hmm. When they merged, that basically it led to these uh, companies being able to charge exorbitant prices for tickets. Let's see. In a court filing last month, Live Nation tried to end the court proceeding and force the dispute into a private uh, arbitration, claiming the ticket buyers had agreed on multiple occasions over the course of online shopping to resolve any claims through arbitration. So I don't, I don't know. Like, when was the last time somebody sued a company and said they're they're too big, they're a monopoly? They don't have enough competition. That's normally a job for the FTC, right, Congress. Yeah. I don't know when a company And what merges. are you going to do? Right. What What do you do? Literally, what are you going to do? You say you're going to break it up? I mean, I think you're... back to Microsoft back in 2001, whenever that was. This is the last time I can really think of a lawsuit that was brought against a big company saying also, not the, enough competition. The, the, the risk versus reward of being a promoter. Or acts is not enough to break it up into a bunch of small companies. It's not because most shows lose money, right? So if say me and you want to start our own promotion company and basically do what Ticketmaster and Live Nation does, right? We'll we'll sell the tickets, right? We'll get them out to the people. We'll pay the band. We'll get everything done. We'll figure it all out, right? Right. Okay. Well, we do it once, and someone comes and loses twenty grand, which is not a big deal. Right. We're done. Right. Well, that's we it. are done and done. So what happens is, you know, these bigger companies like Live Nation and, you know, whatever else the other ones are, right? It's the difference between just – I always use this analogy. It's the difference between being able to go into a casino and playing every game. At once. And not worrying about whether you win or lose. And at the end of, end of the year, counting up your profits. As opposed to me and you going in and playing two blackjack tables and praying to God. And that's it. It's make Praying break. to God that we win on those two tables. Because if not, we're done. Because if not, we're, we're done. Out we're out of business. So you got to play them all. And that's, you know, you'll see, you know, look, I mean, you know, we've heard of it before. You know, Kanye coming to town and 7,000 people there. You don't think they lost their ass on that? Right. Like, I can't imagine. The artist gets paid. Of course. The artist isn't like, yo. And there's a bunch of different ways for bands to make that money, too. So I, here's an example. We did an offspring show, I remember, at City Market. And they there's bonuses for tickets sold, right? Mm-hmm. And they were close to a sellout. Well, at a sellout, they get a bigger bonus, okay. right? So... I remember every time as people coming up, the manager of that band calling 
the tour manager and the people saying, how close are we? How close are we? How close are we? And as they got closer and closer, he just did the math and said, boom, buy the rest of them. Right. Because now the math works out that your bonus, I, nobody's here. It's bigger. Yeah. But my bonus is bigger. And they didn't care about the promoter because when the promoter says, well, if we sell out, we know those 700 tickets, those people buy, buy beer, alcohol. they buy parking, they buy whatever, right? Yeah. But the band didn't care that those 700 people weren't really there. Right. They just bought the tickets because that's the bonus. But the bonus would be based on per head of how much money these people were supposed to spend. So if they said, hey, it's a $14 per head, it's $700, do the math, right? Right. That would have went into the promoter's pocket to try to cover the fees. But now, the $700, there is no per head. That per head zero, and they lose. Yep. But the band doesn't care. But you never hear about that stuff. No. But, and I but get it could be surprising to maybe Robert Smith. And it could be maybe surprising to, I don't want to say that. Because I don't know. I don't want to say that Taylor Swift knows exactly how much money is coming from those fees and everything else. I don't know that. But her manager is, her agent is, the people that she pays to work for her to get her the most amount of money, period, they know exactly where all those fees are. Well, there's no doubt about it. What they're suing about, if I recall, is it wasn't just what it cost and what the fees were, it was that. Even if they had the money and and you know got on there in time, they still couldn't buy it because the, they were alleging that it looked like those tickets had been kind of funneled, for lack of a better term, or at least given some sort of uh, allotted number to the the, the scammers, the, the whether they're the scalpers or the, the bots that are buying things. They should be doing a better job of making sure that it's actually an even playing field for people to buy the tickets. I felt like yeah. that was part of it, but I, I do think your analogy about but we all like the money, that. We all that. like when. Uh, seat geeks got tickets when you want right. to get a Royals ticket for six bucks because uh, it's less risk. than face value because some guy took the risk, you know, right? And he's he like, well, whatever. Right. And, and that's that. It's the same reason that when you're doing your 401k, you don't put all of it into just Tesla. Right. But all, I'm going to donate this much right. money each paycheck to Tesla and right. hope that I'm ready to retire. They spread it out. And so I think that that's a, a good analogy for how these, because I don't think most people really know how they work. I mean, how I don't really know how they work. I know, I think, a little bit more than the average person just from being in radio for right. so long, doing so many shows. But, you know, it, if you say anything that sounds like you're even sort of defending a company like Ticketmaster, right. boo! Right. You're like, okay, I get it. I get right. it. And maybe but I just think that blame should front, be... And, and maybe the, 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 the blame should be spread around. Don't right. think that the artist and the artist team doesn't... There's... You do not get to be Taylor Swift's manager and agent without knowing where every penny goes. Every penny. Yeah. There's no way that you're just like, there's no way that the night before tickets go on sale, you go, what? There's an extra fee? Right. That's that. That's not a thing. No. Agreed. All right. We got to take a break. We'll come back and finish Doom Scrolling. The Church of Lazlo. <laughs> It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder of hornets. Whoopies infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. Hey. Yeah. My buddy Dustin sent me this. I thought maybe you didn't have it yet. But the better, commonly known as Chiefsaholic, mm-hmm. uh, he cashed 110 grand on Chiefs and Mahomes Futures. And was out on bail for an alleged bank robbery, right? Yeah, I remember that. That was a crazy story. Apparently, he has removed his ankle monitor and skipped bail. What? Oh. He's yeah. on the run? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, I'd be honest. I didn't ever really read too much about that story other than just what people were tweeting. You know, right. can you believe it? He's a suspect in this yeah. bank robbery. Do, do you know any more details beyond that? Like, I don't. 
I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I mean, he wrote, you know. Was he robbing multiple banks? Was it just the one? I think it was multiple in Oklahoma. Okay. And he wore the same wolf mask that he was wearing at the game. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's that's crazy. Removed Every, his ankle bracelet. Everyone's thought about robbing a bank. Sure. It's crossed everyone's mind. Could I do it? Is it possible? To, is there any money in there? You know, is it to make it there worth it? There's money in there, but. I mean, sometimes you hear about these, you know, banks and they get there and there's not enough cash because they didn't plan it right. So, you know, right, there's only. Yeah. Five thousand dollars, where we're like, well, I don't want to. It ain't worth five grand. For I watch enough time. TV; it feels like you got it and really know what you're doing. Yeah, well, there was that show on Vice where uh, I don't remember what the, what the show. I think it was just about bank robberies, actually. But this guy, his cousin, was in debt to a drug dealer, and the drug dealer came and said, "Look, you're going to pay us this much money. We're going to kill you." And so this guy was like, "How do I get this money?" And the drug dealer was like, "You're going to have to get. It. You got. I think it was thirty grand. You're going to need thirty grand, and you got a week to get it." So he's like, the only way I can possibly do this is rob a bank. So he decides to get a gun and start robbing banks. He said it was a fake gun. It looked real to me. He starts robbing banks, and he does it, and he's so successful at it that he's just like, well, I'm good at this, and then just continues to rob banks all throughout California, like going up and down along right. the coast and did it for a long time. You know, they say, like, when you kill someone, it gets a little easier to kill well, the next course. person. I guess it's probably the same with the bank. You rob a bank and go, I got away with this. Of course. And then, I mean, he got to the point where this guy was, like, wealthy. He's talking about his lavish lifestyle, his father who had you know disappeared years ago comes back and tries to rekindle things right, he's just sure. trying to get some of his money and he lived in this nice mansion in the Hollywood hard to Hills. stop once you have it yeah but it's just i mean the, the idea of getting away with it once is one thing but robbing multiple banks and getting away with it it's pretty impressive yeah pretty impressive look i don't want anybody to get hurt Right, I mean, sure, but I know that you get in big trouble even if they don't get hurt. As soon as you introduce a weapon, you're going to have to have a weapon, even if you say later that it's fake. I don't think that matters, think matters. Right? because they say, "Hey, the person thought it was real. Right, yeah. and it's as good as being real, and you're in just as much trouble." So I don't know what difference it makes, but <clears throat> you know, I just I, every time I go into a bank, maybe they take often, it a little less on sentencing, but I don't I, think they're lost. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird because he that, that guy in that story was talking about how this was fake. Is like, what difference does it make? I thought that they right. said that was that. So he cut his ankle monitor off and left. That's it. So man, I hear. Oh man. And those ankle monitors, they just, like, do they actually now know your exact GPS location? Or is it just still that thing where if you leave the house, it knows that you left the house? Probably, it's got to know exactly where you I would are. think so, too. I've seen all these stories where, like, people think that, you know, these monitors, we know exactly where they are, but that's not how it works. And they think, well, now it does, though, right? I'm sure. I mean, with My Apple AirTags, yeah. right, they're cheap enough that you would think you could just keep an eye on these people. Uh, the TSA, Laszlo, has decided that peanut butter is a liquid. There was a debate about whether oh, you I could bring that, yeah. peanut butter onto an airplane, and if it's not a liquid, then there shouldn't be any restrictions. But the TSA decided, no, it is a liquid. Of course, people online are furious because they're saying it's actually not a liquid, but you know, it goes back and forth. I'm no scientist. But TSA administrators said that they have considered peanut butter now, and they say it is a liquid. All this time, because it was a paste, people said there that, no, it qualifies as something solid. But nope, that means you can't bring large containers of it onto planes. The decision says that the agency defines a liquid as something with no definite shape. Wait a minute, you can make a shape with peanut butter. Right, but then they say that if it takes the shape of the container, which is what we learned in elementary school about liquids, right? Yeah. Something that if you put it, pour it into a container, it takes the shape of the container. I mean, peanut butter might eventually take the shape if it gets warm enough, but if I drop it into the container, I can, you know, just stick it in the container. I, mean, would, I don't know. I actually have to do a science experiment. Would it eventually melt into place and kind of fall into place and take the shape of the container? I don't Probably. know. Also, they said, you know, in that newscast uh, right there, they were saying, 
Well, I can't believe that people even tried to take peanut butter onto airplanes because the bigger risk here is peanut allergies. I thought, yeah, but don't they hand out peanuts on a, a lot yeah, of yeah, flights still? Yeah, they'll tell you before and they'll say like, yeah. hey, that someone here has a peanut allergy, so we'll have something else. Yeah, but they do still – they they haven't gotten rid of peanuts completely, have they? No, they tell you beforehand. Like, yeah, you know, one person has it, so then they give you, you know, something pretzels, different. Yeah. right? Yeah. But like the default for a lot of those airlines is still the – uh, peanuts. Have you ever tried to take f- peanut butter onto an airplane? Dustin Pran says he can't pour peanut butter all over your mother mm-hmm. so and let it go wherever it wants. He has to spread it around, That's not right. a liquid. That's right. It's a paste. It's so a everybody liquid. who's been putting peanut butter on your mom, Slim, yeah, okay. they know it's a paste. The governor of Utah uh, signed a bill that will restrict social media access for kids. They'll have to have their parents' permission if they want to use social media. It'll take a year before it goes into effect, and they already expect that there's going to be lawsuits and pushback against this. Because part of the bill says that not only can kids not access it without their parents' permission, but these social media platforms are not allowed to purposely make their products addictive. Hmm. Well, uh, that seems like how businesses operate. You want to make your product as desirable as possible. Also, people say that the... Big issue there will be freedom of speech. Companies could say, no, this is a freedom of speech issue. We can say whatever we want. And this is a a product we're not charging you any money for it. So the big issue won't be whether or not kids can access it, although that is a big issue, I guess, Uh, you know, because you'll have to have your parents' permission. The bigger issue will be could you actually hold a social media company responsible for making their product addictive? And how are we going to do that for every product? For every product, right. How would you, you know, where do you draw the line there with? What can't be? I mean, candy's pretty addictive, right? I like Booze. candy a lot, but well, right, it's things that kids are allowed to have, though, right? I mean, I assume that that's what their thing would be. If kids could get addicted to it, then they can't do it. So, you know, that's how the internet works, though. Video they games, every, right? Video games—they're designed to make you want to keep playing and keep playing. What about the end of a Goosebumps chapter? It's addictive. It, it's, it always ends on a cliffhanger. Sure. You got to read the next chapter. When it goes into effect next year, children and teenagers in Utah could lose access to their social media accounts or face a barrage of restrictions aimed at shielding them from platforms some call addictive and dangerous. The law, just signed by Utah's governor, is expected to face legal challenges because of the wide ranging impact on companies like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. In addition to requiring age verification and giving parents access to their children's accounts, the law prohibits kids under 18 from using social media between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. Nicolene Peck is a mother of four. I think it's a move in a really good direction that empowers parents to have hard conversations with their children about what's going on online and helps them be involved. I don't really know what the rules are uh, when it comes to signing up for social media accounts. I know that I think we talked about Facebook being 14, something like that, and I assume that that's still the case. I also assume that it's probably the same for Instagram. I don't know what the rules are for TikTok if you have to be a certain age. But, I mean, if you're just saying that you'll have to get the parents' permission, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal to say if you're a minor and you want to access this. I don't know how they do that. I haven't read anything that says this is how they'll right. prove that they got the parents' permission. Do they sign something? Do they e-sign something online? Do they have to put in some sort of information about themselves? Uh, driver's license? You know, in, in Louisiana where they're trying to get kids to, uh, or, you know, restrict kids, rather, from looking at pornography, they've come up with these IDs that people will have to use if they want to access porn online. Is that what they would do for something like social media? I don't know. I mean, I assume that with the Facebook account, if you want to make one, 
and you're not 14, you just lie about your birth date. Just like if you want to look at a website that says, are you 18, you know, please enter your birth date here to prove that you're over 18 or over 21. You just enter a birth date. It doesn't check anything beyond that. So I don't know exactly how they'll enforce it, but that, that's it. You got, you got a year in Utah, and then... In Utah, you, man. Somebody sent it. this story, too. GOP lawmakers, very sad. Utah parent used his law to request sex-ridden... Uh, Bible be removed from school. I saw something about yeah. that. that it's, so responding uh, to a new law allowing for pornographic books to be removed from school libraries, a Utah parent has moved to have one of the most sex-ridden books around removed as well. Namely, the, uh, the parent put in, I guess, the reasons for being submitted on December 11th, incest, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, fellatio, dildos, rapes, and even infanticide. The parent wrote in their request... You'll no doubt find that the Bible under Utah Code, whatever it is, has no serious value for minors because it's pornographic by our new definition. Get this porn out of our schools. If the books that have been banned so far are any indication for way lesser offenses, this should be a slam dunk. And then the parents said, based on the new Utah law, something is indecent if it includes explicit sexual arousal, stimulation, masturbation, intercourse, sodomy, or fondling. Yep. According to state attorneys, material doesn't have to be taken as a whole in those situations or left on the shelf during a review. If there is a scene involving any of those acts, it should be immediately removed. The parents said, I thank the Utah legislator and Utah Parents United for making this bad faith process so much easier and way more efficient. Now we can all ban books and you don't even need to read them or be accurate about it. Heck, you don't even need to see the book. Right. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to. The Republicans are very children. sad. Yeah, I'm very sad about this. The uh, meme that I saw was, you know, quit indoctrinating your kids. And like, yeah, get the Bible. And I'm right. like, wait a second. <laughs> right. Not the Bible. We, w- we want the Bible. Well, speaking of stuff that kids aren't allowed to have, did you see uh, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton's song, Rainbow Land? It was supposed no. to be in a school performance at a school in Wisconsin. And the teacher said, you know what? No Rainbow Land. It's a little too controversial. Living in a rainbow land. Ever heard that song before? No. Me neither. Apparently it's a song about inclusion and accepting people. I don't know if Rainbow has anything to do with the LGBT community, if I'm being biased for even thinking that it might, because everything I've read said it's just a song about inclusion, and the teacher said we we can't do it because it's too controversial. Mm. I am not shocked by this. But no. It also doesn't necessarily mean that the teacher thinks it's bad. I could see a teacher being worried about everything now. Of course. Because everything, well, not everything, but so many things, you know, don't teach about race. Don't talk about gender. Don't talk about right. this. Don't mention them at all. I understand you say, uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, have white fragility be part of our reading lesson to grade schoolers or junior high or whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. But now we're at this place where it's like, just don't mention these things because they're, they're hot topics. So in my mind, I just think they saw Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton in Rainbow Land. Eh, what's <laughs> it about in like inclusion of all people? Like, <laughs> right. yeah. How does that? How are you yeah. like, no, I know. I would say maybe not. That seems a little too controversial. This is, you know, we know Miley. We know Dolly. I think there might be liberal. Just, just don't, don't right, include no, it yeah. at all. Pick something else. Pick something really old, old-timey. People don't get mad about that. How about Song of the South? Zippity-doo-dah. Do something like that. <laughs> a man buys a, a Maserati on Carvana only to find out that it was stolen. Paid good money for oh, his car, wow. and it was for uh, his fiance, wife, girlfriend. I think it said fiance in the story. But uh, he gets the car and then finds out that it's stolen. He wants. He says, look, uh, Carvana says that they do these um, – 
hundred point inspections, whatever it is. He's like, I would like you to add an extra point to that. Maybe the extra point is making sure it's not. I was stolen. excited to have it coming down the hill. Got out the car, everything was fine. That's when they found out that the vehicle was stolen. And when they checked the VIN number on the chassis, that's when they saw that it was a stolen vehicle. She said, Well. We can't trade the vehicle back in until you bring the vehicle back. I said, I can't bring the vehicle back. I said, the police have the vehicle. I know they said they have 150-point inspections. I want them to have 151. <laughs> Check to see if the vehicle is stolen. The last thing I want anybody to do is get caught late night on some strange road in the back country, and they can't verify it, and they look at that person as a criminal. Yeah. yeah. So he spent, what does it say here, $68,000 for this Maserati SUV? So everything was fine until Scott went down to get the car serviced at the Maserati dealership. And that's when they said, oh, this car is stolen. I get what he's saying, too. If, you know, if they're looking for a stolen car, I, right, you're I, mean, right. I guess it's not like the plate. You wouldn't have the plate on it. So I guess they wouldn't see the VIN. But still, if you got pulled over and they're like, this well, car many of them. stolen. Right. And they're like, hey, there's a Maserati SUV yeah. that was stolen. And they yeah. see it. I'm sure. Yeah. And if it's in the system and they, they're yeah. like, we're looking up this car and like, hey, it's stolen. Then it's out on the ground, right. you know, hands on the concrete. So I, I think that's fair that they could at least look to see, yeah. is the car stolen? And keep that in mind, Lazo, as you look for cars for your kid. If the deal yeah. seems too good to be true, you know, don't go... Could be stolen. Don't go buying cheap stuff like $68,000 Maseratis. I'll go up my game a little bit. Up your game a little. It's the Church of Lazo. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.